Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Welcome, everybody, to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick, and we are coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. We want to thank our show sponsor. we got a brand new show sponsor, Gungerstein for Senate. We want to thank them for sponsoring the show. Their generous sponsorship has made it so that we can spread conservative news all throughout the nooks and crannies of Alaska, and we love that. So thank you to our show sponsor, Gungerstein for Senate. And for those of you that uh, again maybe be living under a rock or living in a tent in the in the in the, the woods somewhere we have got a huge event coming to alaska before i introduce our guests i just want to remind folks that literally president donald trump former president donald trump is coming to alaska this weekend this is a huge deal we haven't seen an event like this in alaska since the pope himself came to alaska in the 80s or 90s and uh so you will not want to miss out on this. If you are planning to go to this event, you have to show up god-awful early. Like I'm talking about wait, starting to wait in line at 5 and 6 in the morning. People will literally be camping out in the morning. Most of the tickets are free, first-come, first-serve basis. So if you signed up for the ticket thing online um, and didn't pay, it means that your name's registered so that they can kind of gauge how many folks might be coming it doesn't guarantee you a ticket and so you have to show up it's a first come first serve basis and i would suggest showing up as early as you can if you want uh, to take part in that event but without further ado i want to welcome our guest representative mike crunk welcome to the must read alaska show how's it going in your neck of the woods Hey, thank you. I, no, it's, it's going great. It's, it's, uh, the weather's been great. Uh, summer's been great. Um, lots of fires popping up, but uh, it's, it's a good summer. Well, I, I, uh, I'm excited you're on the show, and uh, our folks at Must Read Alaska uh, are big fans of yours, uh, especially seeing this summer the enormous bear that you shot. I think that photo that we shared got like well over a thousand likes and hundreds and hundreds of comments. Of, I would say 99% of folks were enthused that you got that big of a bear. So congratulations. Uh, my first question to you is this, Representative. How did you get involved in politics? You are kind of a local hometown hero of sorts. Uh, you played basketball growing up. Uh, you were uh, really, really good at it. You're well-liked, well-loved in your community. How, how did you make that step into politics? Uh, boy, good question. It, it, it was probably um, a little, uh, there was a lot of, a, a lot of things, I guess. I, I, I guess I have to go back. You know, I was a teacher, you know, I, as a, as a teacher, I, I guess I'm a public servant in a way. So I, I guess I can look at it that way. But um, as soon as I retired from teaching, I, I, I ran for our regional school board seat in Toke there and was elected to that. So I guess that's kind of my first step in there. But I, I think the, probably the biggest push was, um, 
2017, I was, I was in the Vegas shooting and, and, you know, with everything that happened, you know, you're, you're around so many people that were affected. And there was a lot of people that just literally didn't know what to do, you know, and, and I think it kind of clicked the light on with me. It's like, you know what, people, sometimes people just need somebody that, that is, is there for them that, you know, that can lead. And I, I think that might've been my biggest factor push. And then as a school board member, I went down to Juno in 2019 uh, as part of our school board. And um, we met, you know, obviously we met lots of legislators. That was my first time in, in Juno in the Capitol. And, and so we started talking with Representative Dave Tallarica, who was my representative at the time from Healy. And uh, we really hit it off and had some great conversation. And, and, and I think Dave was kind of hinting, hey, you know, are you interested <laughs> in, in getting out of this? And uh the conversations continued and pretty much uh, I would say Rep Tallarico had a, a big role in, in, in me uh, deciding to run and, and file uh, for the seat. So was it, uh, was your first race daunting or, or did you kind of have your feet wet a little bit because you already ran for school board? Nah, the school board was pretty much just a, you know, hey, I'm going to run for school board, vote for me thing. Uh, yeah, the race was, it, it was overwhelming at times, you know, and I, I, I not having, you know, paying somebody to be your campaign manager and, and learning everything on the fly was, was really interesting. And, you know, believe it or not, it feels like it was just yesterday, but it seems like I forgot everything that we'd already done two years ago. But uh, it, it was pretty daunting at the time, you know, it's such a big district. Uh, and, and I had four other candidates running against me at the time. So it, it really kept you on your toes and, and you had to make sure you're being a presence as many places as you could. Well, your district is enormous. I feel like um, you and Representative Rauscher maybe have some of the bigger districts out there, um, probably bigger than some actual states are size wise. Tell us about your district and some of the odds and ends of what it takes to, you know, feel like people in your district are getting a fair shot at getting uh, their voice heard. I get, I bet it's got to be very tough to do. Well, when you go from uh, District 6, which, I, you know, I'm the representative for now, uh, to the new district with redistricting 36, it's really overwhelming. We went from, I, I pretty sure we haven't looked at the numbers exactly yet but i believe i am in the largest landmass district in america right now i think i have more landmass than uh josiah puckett sucked up in uh i'm not sure what his new district is it was 40 at the time um but you know one one session or you during one floor session i was sitting there looking at the new map trying to figure out how many communities we have and it, it's between 50 and 60 communities um, and a majority of them are off the road. So, you know, I go from McCarthy to Arden Village, uh, down the Yukon, all the way to Holy Cross now. Um, it, it's, it, we're, the districts, that whole area may have had four representatives last year. Now it's only going to have one. And, and it makes it really tough. Um, I, I, I will do my absolute best to be a voice for everybody out there. And I think uh, people know that, but it's really tough to have such a huge district that is very difficult to travel to. Um, there's, we just did a, a float trip on the Yukon uh, with Tanana Chiefs conference. Uh, it was a five village trip. So Ruby, Galena, uh, Kayakuk, Nulato and Caltag. And, and it, it was, it was great to actually be in a village and see that, but you know, that's, 
really not a reality to be able to hit all the villages and all the communities that, you know, I serve that are, are off the road system. So it, it makes this a real challenge. And, and obviously uh, having the funds to charter planes and, oh, and yeah. get is, 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 is it, it's, I want to say almost impossible, but nothing's ever impossible. So, you know, we'll do our best to get the message out there. Well, I think folks in your district uh, uh, like you, they appreciate you. I think you have a certain charisma about you that is um, that works in your favor. So uh, maybe they threw you the bigger district because they thought, well, he can handle it. <laughs> I, I, I kind of some of the people that set it up and, I, and I'm like, because they were like, what do you think of this? And I said, hey, you know what? We'll work with anything. So <laughs> But that's awesome. So you're in your first year, or first, sorry, first term, I believe, uh, getting ready for a, uh, a new uh, re-election year. Uh, what are a couple of your accomplishments that you're proud of in your in your uh, first term? I know that it's sometimes, at least this last couple of years, it's been hard for Republicans to accomplish anything that maybe the base would like to that to have them accomplish because they're in the minority. But I think. Um, you know, you have a unique position that you were, uh, your district maybe doesn't lean all Republican. You you have a, you represent a lot of districts that are not on the road system. And so you have to, just like, I guess, every elected representative hear from both sides of the aisle. How has it been for you being able to get a couple of things that you're proud of accomplished? And what are those things that you are, are proud of? I would say, you know, the first thing is, is obviously anybody that comes into this, uh, it's a huge learning curve and, and just trying to understand the ropes and, and, and build relationships with people. Um, you know, we, we, you know, as Republicans, we do have what we want to get accomplished. I, I, I think, you know, one of my big things and, and it's even bigger now is let's say, uh, the, the PCE, you know, credit that we get, you know, for, you know, electric subsidies. And, and um, I, I think uh, people thought Republicans hated the PCE or they're against it and stuff. And, and I think, you know, uh, having those conversations with, with our group of um, Republicans that, you know, I work with, um, you know, it, it really helped ease those things, even though there's politics involved with everything we do. Um, I, I, I'm really just really, proud of the group of people that I work with because they, they're they more than willing. It's, it's, this is not urban versus, uh, you know, rural at all. We, I, I think our group of people want to help Alaska. Um, the team that I work with is truly a team that is more than willing to work for urban and rural Alaska. And, and uh, I appreciate them so much. And I think building those relationships with our group of people that we, we have, I, I absolutely trust the group of people that I work with. Um, and I, I think that's rare down in Juneau. And I think they trust me as, as much. So I, I think that's probably one of the biggest accomplishments is just building those relationships, building a team down there that I, I believe is ready to do some really good things. You know, if we were in the majority this year, which I totally expect us to be, um, we're ready to work on those things. And, and, and I think, uh, I, I had a firefighting bill, um, that I worked on that, passed you know, unanimously through the house and the senate that it's going to help you know rural alaska firefighting crews but ultimately it helps all of alaska because we need to be building our own firefighting crews we, we're going to have fires pop up everywhere it doesn't matter if it's in rural alaska urban alaska and and, and I, i'm really proud of that bill and, and some of the other bills that got passed that that are going to help you know strengthen public safety across rural alaska um 
What's Which the firefighter we, bill? Uh, what's it specifically do to help rural fire stations or, or you know, smoke jumpers or whatever it is in Alaska? I'm interested to hear. Okay. Hey, well, what we've back in the eight, uh, I don't, boy, I'm not that, uh, not that old. Back in the nineties when I was in college, I, I was, <laughs> was a firefighter. Uh, so when we started looking back at time, these, these crews were an integral role in fire, you know, fighting fires. And, and there were about 72, uh, rural crews, uh, back in the nineties. And today there was eight. Oh, and, gosh. What we're doing is we're we're bringing up crews from the outside to fight our fires, you know, and our money is leaving the state. So what this allows is what they couldn't do before was keep our crews employed when there wasn't a fire. And so what this allows is to employ our crews. Like, let's say, you know, DNR made a plan, forced me to plan to uh, cut a fire break around Anchorage. We could actually bring our crews they, or they could bring our crews here and, and employ them on mitigation, fire prevention stuff. And, and instead of, hey, a fire is burning for 10 days, you guys work for 10 days and then you're back home, we could be putting people to work for three or four to five months uh, solid where they have solid employment. They're not having to leave the villages to go find something just to make ends meet. Um, and, and we're 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 building our own crews back up. There's going to be a time where we we don't have the fire fighting crews from the lower 48. We're not going to be able to call them because their fires are starting earlier. Yeah, you know, uh, and, and we're going to overlap. We're not going to have those. So we, we, I, I, the purpose of the bill is to build our own crews up and have them ready for when we have the fires that we need to work on, and not be, you know, spending the extra uh, uh, outside crew costs about twice as much as a, a Alaska crew. Well, that's great because I um I remember when I worked for the borough, um, that happened. We had the you know outside crews were coming in because we just didn't have the crews in Alaska, and it costs a lot of money to get a crew up to Alaska. It just does. And, and this uh, sounds like is a win-win. It'll, it'll save money, which I think Republicans like. And uh, it'll train our own people, which I think anybody can get behind that. Um, so kudos to you on that. That sounds like a really cool bill. Um, what, are, what are some of the things uh, or what's one thing that you're kind of going to be working on this year that you're excited about um, once you uh, get reelected? Uh, you know, it just depends on how everything falls into place. Um, I, I believe we ended the session, you know, it was, it was a crazy finale there at the end of how we, we, uh, before we gaveled out, but, you know, we passed the, uh, the, the, uh, reads by three bill and, you know, in the, in the waning minutes of the session and, and it was, it was highly controversial and we barely, you know, it passed the Senate, you know, unanimously, but over in the house, of course, we played pure politics on this bill. And, um, I, I look forward to building on on that bill because uh, that was what I, I would call our foot in the door of how can we begin, you know, making sure our education system is is doing the best for our kids. And, and I, I guess I really look forward to that, whether I'm in, you know, on the education community or I'm doing something else, I'm really going to be involved in that, you know, being a teacher and, and knowing how I think we all know how important education is to all of our kids, no matter if it's urban, rural, uh, our kids have to be able to read and, and we need to be producing a, uh, you know, outcomes that are, that are better. And, you know, just being involved in how we can get there, I, I think is, um, is something I really look forward to, you know, being part of. That's awesome. I, I like that bill as well. I think oftentimes um, it's easy, <laughs> it's easy, but also difficult to, acknowledge that Alaska has some of the worst 
you know, testing scores out there. This bill actually does something about it, which I think is very exciting. It's been in the works for years and years. And uh, I think that uh, getting kids to read by nine is a, a, a very honorable and tangible thing to do. Um, my kids read, uh, I don't know, about a book a night and uh, they're already smarter than me. So reading does the body good. And so I, I, I'm excited for this bill as well. I can't wait to see it, how it plays out in school districts. I hope that school districts um, um, really champion it and take it on and don't just have it as one of the other things, the 10 other things they have to do this year. I think, I hope that it's kind of at the forefront of what they're doing. So, um, you know, you, you, you were a teacher, you, uh, I think you put in 25 years or so as a teacher. And I believe as a, a basketball coach, um, do you ever miss that? I, I know that, uh, I have some friends that are uh, teachers here where I live and they're, the teachers kind of that, you know, all the kids love and we all had a couple of those teachers in our lives that we will always remember. And those teachers really seem to love what they do. And, and you strike me as somebody who's like that. Do you ever miss that part of, um, of your life teaching and coaching, or maybe you still coach? I don't coach anymore. I just, I'm not sure when I'd have time to do it. Uh, um, <laughs> sometimes people ask me that and I'll quickly answer. Oh, no, I don't at all. I really, truly do. I, I really miss uh, being around the kids. Uh, I'll be honest. Uh, teaching, teaching is hard. I, I don't think people realize what we've added to teaching over the years. You know, from when the first time I started in back in '92 to when I retired in 2017, um, they just add. It seems like we're adding more and more. We we are giving teachers more and more to do, and, and I don't think that's fair. But I do miss. I, I don't miss in services um, and, and a lot of the political stuff that goes along with teaching but i really truly miss being around the kids i mean and, and that's as a teacher that's what you're there for as kids so i i miss that i miss you know that you know give some kids some tough love when they needed that tough love and 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 they respond to that i think there's kids that you know they, they may not have discipline and, and they actually crave discipline it's really kind of an odd dynamics um but I think I had that kind of relationship with a lot of the kids. And so, so like, I really cared about them. And, and, and so I, I, in general, I really miss just being around them and, and having a good time with them. Cause really I'm just a big kid. You know, I think we all are at heart, you know, so. <laughs> what, uh, what grade did you teach? What subject? You know, my first teaching job was a kindergarten, first grade teacher um, back home in Northway. But as the years progress, you know, when you're in small schools, you're asked to do more and more things. Hey, we need this taught. And so I ended up teaching every grade level at some point during my 25 years. And um, I finished up as a, our district got a, a three-year uh, PE grant. So I, I, I ended as a traveling PE teacher, which was the best job in the That's world. Cool. And uh, I simply was like, yep, I'm done. I, I'm, I'm not going back into a classroom where I'll be stuck because the, the, the teaching and the, the PE was just amazing with the kids. Kids love PE teachers. You know, sometimes in the classroom, they're not so happy, but in the gym, they're pretty happy kids. So it was, it was tough, to go. but it, it was perfect timing for me to, to 25 years and, and walk away. That's awesome. Well, I think sometimes, you know, one of the things uh, that, uh, that I like about uh, the community I live in is that we have awesome teachers, great schools, you know, oftentimes I think Republicans are pretty harsh on teachers and schools and whatnot, but we're blessed here in on the Kenai Peninsula where we live. And, you know, I, I personally 
came to the conclusion that I could either complain about the system or do something about it. And so what we did is something very small. We, uh, my family and I, with some other family members, own our local hardware store. And during COVID, we started, a, uh, one of the teachers would come over and we would do a community uh, read with the kids every Saturday. And we still do it during school to this day. Every Saturday, our rock star teacher from the elementary school comes over to our hardware store and it's free for anybody that wants to come. Kids come and listen to the coolest teacher in the world, read, you know, a book or two. And it's something small, but, you know, I think, um, I think that those little things matter. And so I, I like that you um, have a fond memory of being a, being a teacher and a coach. And I think that that hopefully plays well into what you do now, just like you said, both are acts of kind of public service. So, um, you know, we live in a political crazy world. You turn on the news and it's like, you know, Armageddon. Uh, how does somebody still make a difference in this crazy political world? Um, what do they do? You know, I think a lot of folks that listen in have um, friends or family that aren't really involved. A lot of our listeners are kind of the hardcore folks that are involved in doing everything they can. But a lot of folks are have family and friends that they just don't know where to start. It's daunting, overwhelming. It's too much. It's too negative. How does somebody practically make a difference in Alaska in the political crazy climate that we're in? Uh, that, that's a great question. Um, and it is, it's, it's really, uh, uh, boy, the last three weeks I, I've been, you know, paying attention a lot, you know, I don't want to say a lot more, but just reading things. And I, I, I am really, I, I guess is the only word I can think of is saddened at seeing the, uh, the negativity that's involved with so many campaigns. And, and, and um, as you know, if I was just a voter, I, I want to know what you're going to do. I, I don't personally care what the other person that, you know, if you're running against somebody that was, you know, an incumbent or something, what, what they're doing. I want to know what you're going to do to help fix it versus, you know, uh, doing the negative attacks. So I, I would say, you know, I think you have to obviously, uh, be a pretty strong person to be able to shut off the negativity part of it. Um, I, I don't want to scare people away because one of the reasons that I, I, I truly am, you know, want to stay involved is because it, let, let's just say, I, I feel I'm a pretty good person. And if, if good people aren't willing to step in and, and, and take some of those arrows, who's going to do that? They're going to be people that we don't want in there. Um, and I'm like I say, I'm, I'm not perfect by any means. I'm not a perfect person, uh, perfect politician, perfect anything. But um, I, I do know that I'm going to stand up for the people and, and be there. And I'll take those arrows and, and gladly take those arrows as long as I know we're moving in the right direction and, and we're working for the people. I, I just want to make sure people realize that we're there to work for people, not for self. Uh, and, and first, So people showing up to you know, let's say assembly meetings or borough, you know, borough assembly meetings or city council meetings, writing letters, phone calls, do those things help or work? Is that something that's kind of like a, a, a simple kind of foot in the door, how somebody could make a potential difference? Or is that stuff just waste of time? No, no, no. I, I, I believe that's very important. You know, I, I, I want to make sure everybody knows their voice is heard and, and however they do that is, is very important. And I, and yeah. I, you know, you look at uh, a place like Anchorage, you know, those assembly meetings and stuff, and, and, and <laughs> you know what, I, 
appreciate those people going there and voicing their concern. It's their frustration. They deserve to be able to have a place to voice those frustrations and concerns because they, they live here. And I, I don't ever want to negate the fact of a call in, a letter, an email, or coming in person because I, I, I do believe that is very powerful. Sometimes people have their mindset already and it, it, you know, it may appear that it doesn't matter, but I, I, I would never want people not to do that because that's how, that's the only way. I, in fact, I had a phone call the other day uh, of a situation and, um, and they thanked me for dealing with it. And I, and I had to thank them. I was like, thank you for calling because I would not have known about that situation. I, I, I am not God. I, I don't have this, this radio link to everywhere in Alaska. <laughs> And those voices are what we need. We need to hear what's going on. So I really appreciate people when they they do that, you know, and it's their voice and it matters. Every voice matters. That's awesome. So who's been a hero of yours um, and who's somebody maybe that you looked up to and why? (laughs) I think probably. I'm not big at idolizing people. Um, you know, I remember people and I remember growing up and, and, you know, and I remember, you know, governor, uh, you know, I remember governor Hickel and governor Cooper. I can remember all of our governors as I was growing up. Um, I, I think my dad would be my hero. Um, That's pretty awesome. tough, pretty cool life. Um, sorry, <laughs> but, um, if I look past my dad, it would have been a teacher. Um, a, a coach that um, I had was Don Spittler and a coach that I had was, is Bill Bryce. And, and uh, they both passed away right now, but mm. my life greatly. Um, so I would say those would be my hero, but if I had to pull somebody out of a hat, I remember uh, um, Ronald Reagan, you know, I, I remember <laughs> that. He said, uh, they thought we'd be, we would be passive and they were wrong, you know, and I, I really, even as a kid, that was in the eighties. I, I remember that speech, and uh, and that was uh, I would say Ronald Reagan's my speech just for that Iran issue. You know, when he dealt with that, I was like, "There we go. That that is. You know, <laughs> we're not backing down. We're going to show our strength, and um, you know, we're we're going to get to it." So I would say Ronald Reagan, even though I'm a big sports guy. There's lots of guys that I, um, you know, I you know Michael Jordan and all those guys, Larry Bird, but um, I, I don't idolize people, uh, so. I would say, you know, I'd, just, I'd go back to my dad being a hero, giving me the work ethic and, and, you know, always, you know, making sure that, you know, like even in the hospital now, he's like, <clears throat> I know you have to do things. He goes, you know what? Uh, you can't always be here for me, but uh, make sure you represent those people the best you can. So I appreciate that. Hey, you can't go wrong with your dad as your hero. That's pretty awesome. So how does somebody, um, let's say you have a constituent in, uh, you know, in your area and they, they have an issue or they're trying to figure out how to get a hold of you. What's a good, you know, office phone number for you and an email that somebody could get a hold of you if they're wanting to contact you and they're in your, in your district? Um, most, and boy, I don't even have my office phone number, you know, off the top of my head. Um, most people, uh, catch me on Facebook, especially in our district. Uh, that's probably our biggest thing. Um, and then, and then shooting email at, you know, rep dot Mike Cronk or Mike dot Cronk at AK ledge, you know, dot gov is a good way. Um, that, that would be the best. I, I, I bet you 90% of my connections with people of issues really come off Facebook, which, uh, 
which which is okay. I, I have no problem with that. People just reaching out, you know, to my private Facebook account. Um, nice. I get in our district is so spread out, and, and I think it's a. Uh, uh, you know, the connections we have with people or our Facebook is, I, you know, not living setting it is Facebook is a way that everybody can communicate and they can share stuff. So I, I would say that would be the best way to do it. Okay. Then put it on your uh, reelection hat here. You're running for reelection. Um, is that kind of how the same way somebody could get involved with your campaign is just finding you through Facebook. Um, let's say somebody wants to, do you have a website? up and raring and ready to go yet um With facebook how does some facebook obviously the best but yeah we have a it's a uh mike cronk for uh for state house uh, uh, .com um it, it's simple go there uh but facebook is probably the easiest like i said everybody seems to connect on facebook um i can you know reach out and help help them get you know get connected and help however they can Awesome. Well, do you have anything else that we missed that you want to cover? The floor is yours. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, one of the other things too, you asked, what, you know, things I want to work on. And one of the big issues we have um, is the Yukon River fishery right now. You know, the Yukon River has been shut down for subsistence use. And and I know myself and, and Representative McCabe, we've been, you know, kind of a big voice on that. And, and I guarantee when we go into this next session, we're, we're going to probably be a bigger voice of getting some answers um I, I i just don't feel that we're doing enough um there there's things we can do and we're not doing them I mean, there's things we can't do we can't control what's happening in the ocean and, and et cetera et cetera but we can control what's called trawling we control where if it's commercial fisher intercepts uh those are things we can control and we control them now so we want to make sure things are being done uh people uh that was the biggest issue as we traveled the villages uh a couple of weeks ago, me and uh, Senator Bishop was, was with uh, TCC and it was, we can't fish. And, and they are a fishing society. They've been fishing yeah. for the Yukon River. And, and when our people can't fish and put food in their freezers. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. And, and, and I want to make sure it stays a big deal. Yeah, the uh, I feel like the sports and the smaller commercial fisher guys, they've been suing each other forever. They've been suing the wrong person. The huge trawler bycatch, in my opinion, is what is destroying the fishery industry in Alaska. They catch, for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, just go Google uh, trawler bycatch or trawler. The nets that these things have are literally like five times the size of a house. And it's just crazy. They're allowed to go out, you know, three miles outside of the shore and do whatever they want to do. And uh, unfortunately, it's destroying the entire fishing industry in Alaska. So um, I appreciate your your thoughts on that. And I hope that you can make some headway there because, man, I want to see sports guys catching huge kings and I want to see commercial guys uh, with their nets full. And I think we can get to both. Uh, you know, uh, hopefully here in the next couple of years. So anyways, thank you, Representative, for joining us on the Mustard Alaska show. Um, I wish you nothing but success in your bid for re-election and uh, hope you win. And I hope you're able to accomplish those things next year as you uh, go to your second term. We want to thank our show sponsor uh, uh, for sponsoring the Mustard Alaska show. It's because of your sponsorship, uh, Gungerstein for Senate that we're able to spread the conservative news all throughout the nooks and crannies of Alaska. So thank you so much, Gungerstein for Senate, for sponsoring the Must Read Alaska show. It's pretty awesome. 
Uh, we're going to be on, I believe, with Gungerstein for Senate uh, on Thursday. And then I have Richard Best, uh, city council member from Palmer, on Friday. So it should be a treat for everybody. And then, of course, the Donald Trump event on Saturday. Hopefully, I'll be doing some live streaming and some interviews there uh, Saturday in Anchorage. Uh, but until Thursday from somewhere in Alaska, I'm John Quick signing off from Must Read Alaska. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, Representative. We really appreciate it. Thank you.